Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode of They Call Me Coach. You can now like our They Call Me Coach Facebook page or subscribe and follow the show on Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. Please share, like, and give us a positive review if you're enjoying the content. And now, here's your episode. On this episode, we sit down with Coach Jenny Holbrook. Coach Holbrook is the head coach of the Jones Lady Longhorns. She talks us through her childhood, about how she went from being the team manager in junior high for her basketball team to a college basketball player. We even hear about the unfortunate passing of her younger sister and all the emotions that come with losing a sibling early in life. We'll discuss that and so much more. Here's our episode. And now we'll bring in our guest, Coach Jenny Holbrook of the Jones Lady Longhorns. Coach, how are you today? I am good. You're going to have to forgive my deep voice because I'm getting over a little sickness. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's I had five different kids get up in the middle of the uh, in the middle of class today and ask if they could go blow their nose. Something's going around. Oh, yeah. We've, we've got it pretty good out here, but um, it is what it is. Speaking of the classroom, Coach, I know we don't know each other very well. So what do you teach or are you are you in the classroom at all? I am. Um, I, I do middle school athletics in the morning um, and then uh, I go over to the middle school and, and teach seventh, seventh grade geography. I've got three hours with that and then I'm done done teaching and, and I come back over here and do uh, have a little bit of time to prepare for basketball and then I do do basketball for uh, the remainder of the day. So so how is your how is your school year going so far? You know, it's not bad. It's good. This is my eighth year um, teaching teaching seventh grade geography, so I feel like I've got it down pat. So that's the that's the Eastern Hemisphere. Do they still do that? I know my first job, it, they had it split up sixth and seventh grade, and in seventh grade you did Eastern Hemisphere, and in sixth grade you did Western. Is that still how it's set up? That is the thing, and I'm impressed you know that. So yes, I do Eastern Hemisphere geography. When you're when you're the low man on the totem pole like I am, you <laughs> stuck with whatever needs to be taught, and so I feel like I have taught everything in the history department. Right, so, right, uh, yeah. It's it's not a bad gig. I'm I'm thankful for my schedule, but I'd like no. I'd like to be a PE teacher. That would be nice, but that's not happening right now. I've so. had that role as well, and that's <laughs> also a fun role to have. I can attest to that. Yes, um, absolutely. Uh, so coach Holbrook, you've had some, uh, some all-time highs winning three straight state championships, um, in class three, a, uh, with the Jones lady Longhorns. And then, um, but I know you've, you've been going through, uh, some tough things here, here lately in your personal life. Uh, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about what's been going on and how, how things are going. Well, um, last week I, I lost my, my sister. She's, she was 40 years old. Um, she lived her entire life, uh, with several palsy and, um, uh, she finally, her, her poor little body couldn't, um, couldn't, couldn't, uh, fight it anymore. And, and, uh, she, we had to move her to a home when she was, uh, about a, a year and a half ago. And, um, she just like all bedridden patients or like a lot of them, uh, she, succumbed to pneumonia, um, and just, you know, kind of some other things. And, um, it was, uh, tough. Her name was Rachel and, um, she was a huge, huge, huge part of our family's lives and my life. And, um, she was a blessing to all of us and, and never thought of as anything less or different. So, um, um, but now we know she's, she's healed and whole and, um, and we thank God for that, but it's extremely, uh, bittersweet. Yeah. Um, you know, on one hand, do you want to, you want to be thankful that she's not in pain anymore, but on the other hand, you're, you miss your sister. Um, Absolutely. So I, I can imagine that's, that's really difficult. And I hate that you're having to, you and your family are having to go through that. That's, that's awful to hear. And I'm, and I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, so, so with that, with having a sister who's, who has cerebral palsy, um, what was your, what was your overall upbringing like growing up? Um, well, I, I had the privilege of speaking at her funeral and I, I wish I would have expounded a little bit more on, um, some of this, but you know, she really, um, with her being bedridden, my mother, my parents were 
sole caretakers of her and like I said until she was 38 years old and and um, they were amazing amazing caretakers and they they cared for her for as long as they physically possibly could um, but growing up um, like I said I once heard or saw my parents um, weep or cry over Rachel we never you know as far as her her uh, condition we we you know her handicap we we always heard heard of Rachel as as just a blessing you know and so Rachel was always in the home um but she she helped shape and mold our family um in in many different ways but but for me um you know my I didn't grow up getting to go do a lot of things because um you know we had to take care of Rachel Rachel couldn't you know taking her somewhere was a big um, a big process, you know, loading her up and all of her things. Um, she eventually was, had a trach and a ventilator and, you know, um, feeding tubes and, you know, all of those things. But, um, um, so we were home a lot and I didn't get to go do a lot of things and, and there's five kids in our family. And so all of us kids kind of had to just kind of make our way and all, all four of us, other kids, um, are completely different. You know, I, I fell in love with, with competition and, and, and basketball. Um, I really didn't start playing until 10th grade. Um, and uh, uh, my, my brother went the tennis and wrestling route. My sister went choir and French and my other brother went band. And, you know, we all just kind of had a getting to go to camps or uh, getting to go travel and all these ball teams and all those things. Like we just, and a lot of us, you know, all of us were pretty much late bloom that we chose and everything that we did just because of the mere fact we didn't get to do a lot of those things. And we just, my parents weren't pushing a sport down our throat or, or, you know, a club or a this or that. I mean, we just kind of fell into the things that we loved and uh, we are all still very much, uh, have a passion for what we do and, and, um, and like I said, we're all late bloomers, just I think because that's the way we just that's the way we grew up. So. So when you really got going in 10th grade and and really uh, took a liking to basketball, um, take us through some of your first memories uh, with that. Well, I say 10th grade, I, I went out for the team in seventh grade. We finally it was school ball, finally. And um Everybody was going out for the team, and I was I was terrible, and I uh, never played a, a sport. Whereas all my classmates, um, you know, grew up playing basketball, you know, and and had been to all those camps and done all those things. So I went out for the team, and uh, really was just learning the sport. Um, and then I thought, eh, not I'm not going to put myself in this position. <laughs> and then um, uh, so I became the basketball manager my eighth grade and my ninth grade year. Um, but and but as a manager and as that all I did was shoot. I just shot. I shot. I shot. And my coaches kept saying, Jenny, you need to come out and play basketball. And I'm like, I'm not. I don't want to. I didn't want to put myself in that position again. Well, when we switched to uh, my sophomore years is the year that we switched from uh, six on six to five on five. And so uh, I went to Midwest City High School and that was the my sophomore year, everybody was was uh, switching over to five on five. And so I thought, you know, this is a great time for me to try it again. Everybody else has to uh, learn how to play a new sport. And, of course, there were naysayers, you know, back in this was, I think, in 80, 88, 89, you know, uh, when people were saying, you know, girls can't run the full length of the court. You know, that would be too much, you know. And so... <laughs> Um, I just, I thought, you know, this is, this is something that I can, I can try to do. And my coaches encouraged me to do it. They had tried to get me to play. Well, all of those girls that were guards had never shot the ball. And so as a manager, that's all I had done was just shoot, shoot, shoot. So I was already, you know, uh, ahead of a lot of a girl, those girls that had only played the guard position. And so, um, I decided to go out for basketball and, and never look back and have, have loved it ever since. Wow. Uh, that's impressive because I don't know if you, it doesn't sound like you possess the same negative qualities that I possess because I'm notorious for not wanting to start anything new. That's a big reason why I don't have any hobbies because I don't like to, <laughs> I don't like to do things that I'm not going to be any good at for a long time. So right, right. I don't have the patience to fish. I don't, I don't <laughs> take any, and I, my wife, uh, 
has tried to get me to skate. That was a big thing that they did in their family on Sunday afternoons. They would go skating a lot and uh, I can't do that. And I will <laughs> try that. And then she's even tried to get me to ski a little bit. And uh, I took a two hour class on the ski slopes and, uh, and then they took me to the bunny slopes and said, okay, go down. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> There's no way this is too scary. Are you sure this right. isn't black? And, and so, yeah, uh, uh, that's, well, that's really, really impressive that you were able to do that at, at, a, at a later age in life. Yeah. For me, it was, uh, it, it's hard for me to turn down competition. I mean, I, I love anything competitive, you know? And so uh, within our youth group, I mean, that's really how I started competing in just a lot of different things. I got better um, by playing three on three, you know, uh, all the time, nonstop with a bunch of boys, you know, nonstop from my, my church's youth group. And, um, and I just, I did, I fell in love with the game, loved it. Um, and uh, kind of found my way as a shooter. Now ball handling, that's another another deal, but um, uh, shooting defense. Some would say defense. I got a lot better at defense later, uh, later in life, and on into college. But uh, maybe early, probably not. But uh, <laughs> I could always shoot. So in the beginning, you're the kid that they say, "Hey, just just stand in the corner, we'll find you." <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I was fine with that. That was fun. Yeah, that. that's as long as I get to shoot it, I'm good. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so you mentioned your youth group and you mentioned just kind of uh, being kind of in church um, and this, it, this may not pertain to church at all for you, but who have some of the, the biggest influences in your life been? Um, back then, I mean, I had several, uh, you know, youth sponsors that were just key people in my life and just discipling me, guiding me, coaching me. Um, I had a bunch of uh, friends that, you know, just, um, always, you know, pushed me in everything that I did. And we, everything was sports oriented for us, even at church. Um, you know, we'd go to Falls Creek and everything kind of centered around just competing, whether it be ping pong or, or volleyball or sand volleyball or basketball or bowling. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. Um, we were doing it, but it was, it was a, you know, it wanted us, it, it allowed us to want to be in church and uh, we were a tight, tight, knit group my my youth group friends um I, were, I was closer with them I'd say than even the kids that I went to high school with you know and and that I played with but um but again that's uh that's that's just uh, made me a better person and um uh kind of set high expectations for me not just not just athletics wise but um um you know just in my personal life and and things like that and um um yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could list a long list. If I started naming names, I'd feel bad because I think I'd leave leave somebody out. But um, um, well, like for instance, so who, who would you say has has shaped you the most as far as um, in your career, um, as far as as far as being a, a highly successful coach? Um, for me, uh, I eventually went on and played um, at Oklahoma Baptist University. Um, and our coach that came in my junior year was Scott Norris, who now, uh, is the head boys coach at Edmund North. Um, but he was my college coach, uh, at OBU and he really came in and made the game just super fun and just taught so many new things and concepts. Coach Hop, Bob Hoffman was, was coaching the boys at the time. Um, um, so I would work summer camps every single summer, uh, with Bob Hoffman, uh, with Scott Norris. Um, I would go and work, uh, uh, camps with Dan Hayes over at Oklahoma Christian. Uh, I'd, I'd go and work at Southern Nazarene. I mean, I would just do nothing but camps and truly and honestly, that is where I learned fundamentals of basketball that I had just really never been taught, um. And so I just absolutely was a sponge. I soaked up every little bit of knowledge uh, that I could from really from from some really fantastic coaches. Of course, I didn't know who they were at the time or understand, uh, you know, what they meant for the game of basketball. Then I knew they were great coaches. I knew I loved to learn from them. Um, and they've all been really great mentors uh, for me over the years. Yeah, so I, I had the opportunity to. Uh, go to one of Coach Hayes's um, 
camps when I was uh, in between my ninth and 10th grade year. And I came away from that thinking there's so much about basketball that I thought I knew that I didn't know. Um, Simple things that he would do, fundamental things, but things that I'd never been taught, like you were saying, and honestly wish I would have uh, been able to play for somebody like him. And I know he is, he is, you know, just basketball royalty in the state of Oklahoma, but um, just simple things like, like you're talking about that would have helped me, I think, develop as a, uh, as a better player and uh, have really tried to implement a lot of the things that he does uh, in his camps and our program. Right. Yeah. He, um, him and coach Hoffman, coach Norris, all those guys, I mean, they're great. I learned a lot about, um, footwork and I mean just I could go on and on but more important most importantly I learned that basketball could be fun and that basketball was a game Um, and truly to continue to keep that uh, and put that in perspective um, at all times when you're coaching it Um, and and that's when I really learned that man this could be uh, this is fun you don't have to practice for six hours you know I mean coach Norris came in and uh, when he started coaching us my junior year at OBU, excuse me, um, uh, I mean, he would get us in, get us out within an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. And I remember thinking, that's it? Because our previous coach, I mean, we'd have three, three and a half hour practices that were just, you know, were just um, grueling. And I thought that's what college basketball was. So I just went with it and I never complained and it was what it was. But um, but when he came in, I just thought, man, the, I, you know, you left practice feeling like you were ready to to do that all over again the next day. And I've really tried to keep that in mind um, as, uh, you know, I started my coaching career and started coaching teams and uh, really leave practices with players wanting more. So if someone was a fly on the wall and could see your practices or hear you and your great coaching staff that you have interact with your players – what would be something that uh, that person would come back with uh, as a takeaway? Well, um, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice. Um, I think first um, you're going to see an organized practice. You're going to see a practice um, that, um, you know, it has every second accounted for. There's not going to be a lot of dead time. Um, and again, for me, it's all about efficiency and what can we do in this amount of time, you know, this a lot of amount of time where we can get the most out of a practice. Um, and that's, you know, letting your assistant coaches play huge roles in uh, in practice. There's not a lot of standing around. Um, you're going to see, um, you know, again, that fun aspect. You're going to see, you know, a lot of high fives, a lot of clapping. You're going to see a lot of encouraging. You're not you're going to see a lot of you're going to hear a lot of communication uh, you will will not see anybody uh, on their knees or leaning on a wall or any of the above. I really try to think, you know, what product do we want to put on the floor? And whatever that product is, that's the way we're going to practice. And and you're going to see a consistency uh, from practice to practice. You're you're not going to, um, uh, you know, you're not going to see different things from one day to the next. I mean, as far as the expectation from from the players, you're going to see. Um, consistent uh, expectations happening, you know, that the girls know exactly uh, what's expected of them in practice. And, um, you know, I tell the girls all the time, you know, you're going to control, you've got to control the things that you can control, attitude, effort, energy. And beyond that, if I don't have to coach that every day in practice, we can actually coach basketball, then we're going to grow as a team, you know, but if you have to stop and, and coach those three things, um, any one of those three things at, at any given time, same within in a, in a game. Everything that we do in practice carries over into how we want to play and what product we want to put on the floor. Um, so you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to see players held to a high standard every single day, uh, but consistently, consistently. Um, and you're going to see, I mean, we're, we're, we usually start practice with, with, um, <clears throat> Partner shooting, we do quite a bit of shooting. Uh, we'll always do offensive transition. I like to get our running in uh, with with a basketball in our hand. Uh, we constantly um, are reviewing that. Um, you uh, you're going to see us always working on defense. We found that defense is something that you can control, and that took me a while to learn that. Um, but with uh, with with experience uh, with, with some teams, um, we learned that. Um, we can't con- control our defense. We can't always control our offense. And so um, 
defense truly does win championships. So uh, credit to Eddie Sutton on that and should have learned that uh, years ago. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a little bit of, of a glimpse of, of what you can expect when you come to one of our practices. So with the, with the pace of your practice and, and trying to get the most out of every minute and, and make sure every second is accounted for, um, I'm thinking of it through a coach's lens of maybe you hire a new assistant and um, they come into your program. How are they able to uh, know what their role is and how are you able to uh, take a step back and allow them to coach? How, how have you worked a way to do that? Well, I, I definitely want to uh, make note and make mention uh, and say that I've always, I have been blessed with uh, amazing assistant coaches uh, here at Jones. And even when I was uh, coaching over at Choctaw and I was coaching freshmen for many, many years, I was given an assistant as a freshman coach. And so I've always been blessed with just great basketball-minded people and truly are, you know, all head coaches in their own right. Um, but since I've been at Jones, um, again, I've, I, every year, um, I've had a great assistant coaches whom I trust 100% completely wholly, um, you know, and Penny Young and Kaylee Bird. Um, we have, a, a, a had, a Jacob Gunter come on last year. Um, and so, you know, I, um, first of all, clearly define practice. Um, you know, practice schedules and, and, and uh, letting them know ahead of time, you know, what's expected of them, um, you know, on that practice uh, plan. Um, Coach Gunter and Coach Bird coach our middle school. And so, you know, I get to see them in the morning. And so, you know, uh, communicating with them, you know, about, uh, you know, what we're going to do at practice that day, um, you know, we'll do that. Um, but also, you know, uh, when Coach Bird came on staff, um, this year, I knew I was obviously getting another head coach. Coach Young had been, you know, that my other assistant has, has been the head coach at Choctaw and here at Jones uh, and at Chandler. So she was a head coach in her own right. Coach Bird comes over and has, has been a head coach, you know, from uh, Preston and, and Frontier. And um, so, you know, uh, I'm extremely, extremely lucky because I feel like, like if I can't be in the gym for whatever reason, you know, things are going to go on as is. And, and I fully and completely trust uh, what they're doing with our kids on the floor. Um, but they each have their gifts. Uh, coach Young works with our post players, um, and she's really a defensive-minded coach. She actually is the one who just finally convinced me that we have got to uh, you know, focus more on our on defense than uh, than what we were doing. Um, and that was about after the second year that I was here. So it took a little while before for me to change my focus on what we were doing. Um, and then Coach Bird comes in and she, um, you know, she's she's very analytical. Um, and I knew that if I wanted to her to stay around and for me to keep her, I was going to have to let go of some things. Um, you know, so this year I gave her uh, all of our inbounds um, and she, you know, was, even in, in during plays and things uh, or during games, excuse me, um, she was calling all of our inbounds plays. And that was difficult for me to let go because, A, I like to do it and um, B, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a control freak, but um, she has embraced that role uh, tremendously and um, really, um, you know, uh, takes pride in that. And so, you know, we were able to score in some ways this year that we hadn't before and made us, made us better uh, under our baskets. So, um, and then I, you know, I relinquish control. A lot of times I let them run, run drills while I get to sit back and, and watch and watch from up above, you know, um, uh, and, you know, they're, they are active assistant coaches. So they are, you know, I may be coaching offense while they're coaching defense or vice versa. Um, and it's just, it's, a great, great mix of people and great mix of coaches. And um, I couldn't be more uh, blessed or happy with the coaching staff that I, that I have now. So do you sub yourself or do you have an assistant set up to do that as well? I sub. Um, now there are times where they're, you know, they will, you know, whisper in my ear or tell me, Hey, so-and-so has three or, you know, they already have a hand on, you know, we read each other so well that, by the time I'm reaching for somebody to go sub in, they're already halfway there because, you know, my assistants already know. So, 
you know, but um, I mean, I'm still pre- in charge of subbing, but they, but they, they already know what's going to happen. So they, 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 you know, one step ahead of me. Yeah. I noticed when I was an assistant coach um, my first year out of college, the first probably 10 to 15 games was me trying to learn my head coach and learn what he wanted in certain situations. So by the end of the year, when it came close to the playoffs, I was, I was able to kind of know who he was going to be looking to, to sub and I could kind of get up and, and, and get in his ear a little bit more and talk about kind of some things that, that we might want to do um, different, uh, different situations. And so I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest jobs a, a uh, assistant coach has in game unless they have a specific responsibility is learning their head coach and their, their head coach's tendencies, wouldn't you think? Right. Well, and, you know, <laughs> for them being head coaches before, I mean, they already know, you know, what they would want an assistant coach, you know. So when they're in these roles, you know, as in an, in an assistant coach role, they already know what I want, you know. And, and like I said, they – uh, they are head coaches in their own right. And so, um, again, a lot of times I'm, you know, sometimes I look around and go, why am I even here? Because they already have things done. They've already done it that, you know, um, and it, they've made my job so much easier. And we've, we have a lot of fun together. You know, we're not only coaches, but you know, that coach together, but we're, we have, we are friends. And so, um, yeah, but also, you know, me being an assistant coach at Choctaw I was before I came to Jones, I was an assistant, um, for Coach Maloney over there for three years um, before I came over here to Jones. And before that, I was a freshman coach for, I don't know, 1,800 years uh, forever over in Choctaw. So, you know, I, I had played the assistant coach's role too, you know. And so um, there's nothing worse as an assistant coach, like, you know, standing around doing nothing, not feeling valued, you know, standing there for two hours and, you know, not getting to coach and, um you know, just, just being there. And so um, I try to make my assistant coach a, first of all, feel uh, coaches feel valued. Second of all, to keep them busy, to give them roles, um, you know, and all of those things. And like I said, um, uh, we've kind of got it down, especially and with coach bird coming in this past year and coach Gunter, you know, we've kind of had to figure out what our roles and practices are and things like that. But um, um yeah, I think I think we've we've got it down pretty good. I want to ask a question from from several several minutes ago that just came to my mind. So, you mentioned the efficiency of your practice when you first got the job at Jones. How did you uh, implement that that system of the way you're going to practice? Uh, I know a lot of times a, a lot of coaches get their get their point across through consequences or through. Mm-hmm. Uh, trial runs so what was your way because now you've been there long enough to where everybody understands how they're supposed to practice but at the very beginning how were you able to um to do that well I again I had the privilege of of coaching at the freshman level for many 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 years um and I remember I when I graduated and I, I was a grad assistant at OBU for a year and then um, I knew I did not want a high school head job. I wanted to develop my own philosophies. I wanted to learn the game. I wanted to figure out how to how to run a team and coach. I, you know, I was coming out, graduated. You know, I was 23. Um, you know, just I I knew I was just I I didn't I was not ready to have my name in the paper and have write ups about me. Uh, you know, good, bad, or ugly. Like I I did not want that. I wanted to figure it out. And so I I I. Uh, and I like my comfort zones a lot of times, you know, I got in there and coached freshmen and then got married and started having kids. And, and, um, you know, I just, I was fine being a freshman coach, but during that time I got to basically run, that's when freshmen before freshmen, you know, were part of the high school. So, you know, I had these freshman players, I was running that freshman program, that junior high program, like, like it was a varsity program, you know, but just with freshmen. And so I, I could figure it out and I, and nobody was writing about me. Nobody, nobody was reporting the scores in the paper and thing, you know? And so uh, it was, it was a way for me to just figure it out, you know? And so then I became an assistant uh, at the high school level and got to watch and, and learn and grow that way, you know, and figure out the things that I liked, the things that I didn't like. And, you know, and then came over to Jones. So by the time I came to Jones, you know, I, I, 
I was ready for a, for a head head coach's job and, and and took it later in life just after after you know uh, I was able to to get my kiddos in school and, and raise raise them a little bit before I threw myself all into a head coach's job. Um, but um, uh, when I came in, I just I had high expectations. I, I mean, first and f- I, I fully strongly believe that you have to lay out your expectations and you have to communicate with your team and with your parents um, before they want to practice um, or you're going to be, you know, uh, backtracking. And, and um, I've learned to say I only say what I mean and I only uh, say what I'm willing to give a consequence for. And if there's not a consequence for something that I say, um, you know, then it's, it's empty and the kids won't respect you for it. The parents won't respect you for it. So I learned early, you know, I, I learned over the years, uh, to make sure that I communicate my expectations very, very clearly. Um, so everybody knows what they're going to get. Everybody knows what's expected of them. Um, and then, you know, the consequent, I'm not a yeller and a screamer uh, in practice now. Certainly there have been times, but I'm, I'm not a, a screamer, yeller, I'm going to go get in your face. It's just, you know, um, you know, we don't meet one of those expectations or those goals in practice. Um, usually it's an automatic, it's, it's quick. I want my consequences to be quick. I don't want them to take up the entire practice where we leave practice and again, nothing has been done. Um, they're quick, you know, give me five up downs, give me 10, uh, you know, 10 wall jumps. Um, if it's something a little bit more severe, if it's, you know, if it's a bad attitude or whatever, it's, it might be snakes, you know, in the gym or, you know, um, uh, whatever. But um, we don't dwell on uh, those consequences for long. Like we are, we are moving on to the, to the next thing, the next play. You're going to get your quick consequence in um, and then, and again, moving on. You can correct me if, if I'm if I'm wrong and it doesn't apply to you, but just as a coach uh, in general, I think the toughest part for a coach is having those consequences, having those uh, expectations, and when they're not met, when you've laid out what you want, um, and they're not met by uh, someone that that the team heavily relies upon, it's it's harder to hold those kids accountable for for a lot of coaches and I'm not, and I'm I'm not just talking about myself or or anybody on my team I'm just saying in general um you'll see someone held to an expectation and and someone else not held to the other expectation those end up be, becoming consequences for for you as a coach because you may know hey if I get if I make this kid do a consequence they may walk out the door have you encountered a tough consequence for for a uh, one of your players that ended up, you know, you having to suffer some uh, some backlash for that, or even, um, you know, they may have walked out the door. Have you have you encountered that at all? You know, um, my <clears throat> my, I, I have always said this, and it's a crazy little saying, but I always say I'm not selling my soul to some 16 year old little devil, and so I mean I say that meaning. Um, if again, it goes back to if I set this consequence, if I set this expectation, um, you know, I it's set for everybody, and I I'm not going to say it if I'm not willing to hold my best player to that standard, and so I won't set the I won't set the consequence, um, and I won't set the standard um, if I'm not willing to hold it, uh, you know, hold my best player to that. Um, and I won't even speak of it. So I, I really make sure I choose my words. I choose my expectations. I choose my consequences very, very carefully. Um, and again, that's after years of experience, you know, early on, I, you know, probably, you know, shot myself in the foot a couple of times, but, um, um, I just learned that I don't. And, you know, I've had, I've had players, uh, walk out, you know, when I came to Jones, um, I had, uh, I had a big group of freshmen and um, the only remaining players that came in, you know, that stayed, I had four players that stayed. Everybody else was like, yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm, this is for me, you know, for whatever reason, there were several different reasons, but um, I had four girls stay. Um, and then I had nine freshmen. And so <clears throat> that first year, I think we had, oh, 12 or 13 girls. And, um, you know, we were one game away from the state tournament uh, that first, that very first year that, uh, that I was there, but uh, those girls bought in, and I t- I'm telling you, kids, um, 
that are willing to be all in, kids that are, and if you've been upfront and honest with them and laid it all out before you even start the year and the season, and you constantly, you're consistent with those. Um, you know, I'm not flying off the handle one day and the next day I'm coming in trying to be their buddy. Like they understand that, you know, uh, you know, we are, a co- we have a coach player relationship and I'm going to coach you as such and, and um, I'll be there for you, but I'm sure I'm not going to be your friend. You know, uh, I'm going to be your coach and, um, and, you know, the girls that are all in and, and trust that and, and believe that, um, you know, really it's the foundation of, of what we do here at Jones. That's really good stuff. Um, I want to, I want to get to uh, some of your, some of your previous years and I'll start with um, in 2021, you guys win a state championship and you graduate a, a large senior class to my knowledge um, mm-hmm. after winning that state championship. And so, you know, if you would have talked to people outside of the Jones community and maybe even in some in the Jones community, uh, people would have thought maybe, might take a step back, maybe make the state tournament, but not win it, maybe not even get back to the state tournament. Um, so going into that 20, uh, I'm sorry, 2020, I guess. 2020, it would be. yeah. Um, so going into the 2021 season, what were your honest expectations? Well, <clears throat> let's back up to 2020. Let's go to 19, uh, 2019 and 2020. Um, you know, going into that state tournament, we're 26 and 1. Uh, no Jones girls team, any sports had made the state tournament. Um, we had a really, really good team that the seniors I just graduated were freshmen on this team and, and only one of them was playing. Um, and so those girls were freshmen and coming into a solid, solid team and learning. I mean, our, our practices were incredible. They were amazing. We were 15 deep. I mean, I could play 15 girls if I wanted to truly. Um, so, you know, day in and day out practices, we were going, you know, five on five on five and, and, and no drop off, you know, I mean, we were competing every single day. Um, and so we had finally made the state tournament after coming up short in the previous year with, with another good team. And I, I take blame for that, but, um, we had a really good team, a really, really good team. So honestly, uh, that was the year that we graduated, uh, you know, a solid senior class, uh, Coach Young, my daughter. Um, and then uh, I think we had a class of nine, <clears throat> excuse me, that year just really good. Those, that was the first group that I had had all four years. They came in, that was that freshman group for when I came to Jones. Um, I had had them for four years. Um, and they, they were all in, they, those girls were all in and they bought into, I mean, they would have run through a brick brick wall for the team, you know, for, for us coaches. And, um, so that 2020 year when we finally had made the state tournament and we, we, we break through, you know, finally, finally feel like we kind of broke the curse and, and, and we got in, um, you know, we were the first game scheduled for that 2020 state tournament. Uh, we were supposed to play Ufala and we find out, you know, the whole school was canceled and we have a huge send off and, and we're on our way, uh, uh, you know, to play that first round of the state tournament. Uh, we had only one loss that year. We had lost to Sequoia Tahlequah in uh, the Bertha Teague. And uh, we were we were ready to see that we were slated to see Sequoia went in as the one seed. We were going in as the two. Um, we knew we were going to see them in the finals. And in our minds, of course, of, of course, of course uh, you know, uh, uh, Sequoia's coach, I'm sure they felt the same. But we, you know, we just knew that we were going to win, you know, that year. And uh, we were ready to to figure out how we were going to beat them. And, and, and we were just ready. But so my point being that year. Um, you know, it's t- it took a long time uh, for us to get over it, you know, and COVID was so hard for, for so many teams and so many different situations and letdowns. And, you know, um, for that class, I just hurt for them so much, you know, for not getting to play in that state tournament and having that experience and missing out on all of that. Um, and so, you know, we graduate that class um, and you know, we know we're coming back. We've, we've got a good team, you know, um, we get, you know, Trinity and tears of more, um, you know, uh, both, you know, six, six, two post players that are just, you know, with a seven foot five wingspan, you know, and they're just, they're massive girls, D one players. And, 
uh, with our point guard coming back and D one point guard, you know, we knew we had, and then we knew we had pieces. We had inexperience, but it were, was those girls that were waiting in the wings that, that, that freshman group that I knew, um, you know, they were going to be able to step up and, and fill in those uh, blanks, but it almost not being able to play made that next group have a hunger. They, they knew they learned what it took to get to the state tournament. Uh, they knew it could be done. So that group, that 2020 group, really paved the way and broke that ceiling, uh, you know, for the next group to say, hey, this is how it's done. This We can do it. Jones can, girls basketball can win, you know, um, kind of that we called it the 100-year curse. You know, Jones was founded in 1916 and, you know, it's like, uh, you know, finally, um, you know, a girls team, you know, has made the state tournament and, and it could be done. And we had talked about that for, you know, four years, you know, and finally it had been done. So that next group was ready um, and we were ready. Uh, we knew we could compete. We knew we were, we were, um, you know, we knew we were going to be good um, yet again, but just, you know, uh, back to the drawing board and, 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 um, you know, figuring out a bunch of stuff and figuring out a way to, to, to just get back there. So whenever you have those, uh, have, have that let down in 2020 of, of not getting to play and, um, and then, you know, that hunger you come back with kind of what is your message to that team as far as, as far as getting back, I, you've made your expectations clear as far as, as far as uh, that being your goal, but how are you able to um, to lead that team that next year with that hunger? Well, you know, that next year was tough too because we had all those restrictions, you know, and uh, so we did not play our first game until January of the next year. You know, we were hit with COVID and um, I went through our whole entire team, which ended up being a blessing because we weren't battling it at the end of the year, you know, where we had to go through all those protocols and, things like that. Um, you know, so by the time we got to play, I think our first game was January 5th of the next year. And we were finally getting, I mean, these girls were ready. They were hungry, you know, uh, ready to play. Uh, we, we had finally kind of got over that 2020 year and that, you know, that we, they just wanted to play. And so by January, um, you know, we, you know, there, you know, the whole year we're only allowed two people at our home games, you know, and, uh, and then when we go and travel and go play somewhere else, it may, it may be with fans. It may be with no fans. It may be with one person, you know, you never knew what protocol other teams were going to, you know, have, but, and it was a tough, it was hard, you know, cause there were a lot of times we're going to, we didn't get to go to the tournament of champions that year, um, you know, which we were slated to play in and, um, you know, so just all of these disappointments. And so, you know, my message to these girls was, again, let's control what we can control. Whatever it is, like, we're going to be able to handle it, bring it on. Like, it was almost just like us against the world, you know. And so uh, Boston Berry's uh, dad um, that year gets extreme. Our point guard gets extremely ill with COVID. He gets put on machines. I mean, he is literally on his deathbed. Um, and we just kind of embraced the, um, you know, the mantra of just, his name was Michael Berry. So, we, you know, fight like MB, you know, so we just, you know, like if he's fighting, we can fight too. Boston continued to play despite, you know, her dad being in the hospital. And we just, we really were truly inspired by, by him. And, um, he actually missed the state. He was, you know, um, uh, uh, in a comatose state during the, the state tournament and, and didn't get to play or didn't get to watch. And, um, anyway, but we, we were just inspired by him and, um, um, you know, that, that year we're holding, I think we held teams to under 26 points a game or something ridiculous like that. I mean, we, we, we embraced the, you know, defense aspect of it and we're just, you know, scoring 65, 70 plus again, you know, I, it was, it was a, it, of course we only played 19 games and that was from that, that got us all the way to the end of the, uh, end of the state tournament. But, um, uh, you know, we were just, we were, in, we were inspired by the team the year before and we were inspired by Boston's dad. And, and we just, we've always had the, the thought process of, you know what, we just want to be our best today, you know? And so, 
um, you know, trying not to, yes, we wanted to get back to the state tournament, but not letting that be the main focus, you know, just let's, let's be better than we were yesterday. Let's be our very, very best today. Are we, are we, um, you know, doing what it takes, uh, to be better today, you know, and, um, just holding each other to that expectation. So you played an inspired, inspired season in, in 2021, um, and that's just an incredible story about uh, your point guard's father and, and how you guys were able to use that as a, as a motivation, but as well also, you know, uh, be there for, for a teammate and for a player. Um, that's just an incredible story. In 2022, how were you able to do it again? Now you're challenging my memory. Um, <clears throat> so 2022, 20, let's see, our seniors – Trinity and Tirza had graduated. Yeah, they had. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it was, it was going to be, okay. We really, really relied on them for a lot of things, you know, for rebounds, um, you know, for running our high, low offense for, you know, doing a lot of things, but, you know, we had girls that were, were ready to kind of waiting their turn, you know, um, Sophie Woodson, my, my six, two post player that, you know, she didn't get to play, um, you know, her freshman year and those twins graduate and then, you know, kind of now it's her turn and, um, you know, my guards relied on them, you know, so now it was going to be, we were going to really be more guard oriented and, um, you know, it's fun just to challenge, uh, girls in new roles from year to year, obviously they change and, um, you know, how, you're going to have to step up, you know, we're going to have to learn to score in different ways. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that, yeah, that was, that was challenging. We, we uh, were in that Mustang holiday classic that year um, and took a couple losses to, you know, we played Mustang, we played Putnam city North, um, you know, um, you know, played some schools that would challenge us. Uh, at, we end up losing by one to Perry uh, and the wheat capital. So it really, there was just a lot of, trying to figure out how, how to win with, with what we had. And, um, you know, the girls that, that we've had have been so unselfish and, you know, it took some coaching to say, Hey, you know, sometimes we got to be a little, you got to be a little bit more selfish. You know, you got to look to score more, you know, uh, my point guard, she, you know, she's a true point guard mentality. She wants to distribute the ball. She's not, you know, she wasn't all about scoring, you know, um, but that year she really had to, you know, uh, start thinking, Hey, I've got to start scoring more. Um, you know, my guards just were relentless, you know, defensively we embraced, we, we knew that we could win, um, with defense that year. Um, and this is a controversial subject for, for a lot of people, but you know, that year is the year that, uh, you know, Tuttle was amazing. You know, they had three D1 athletes and six, four and six, two, and, you know, uh, incredible athletes. And, um, uh, and that's the year we, we decide to control the game by um, stalling. And uh, that was difficult and getting stops on defense and then controlling the ball on offense. And we end up losing, but we did held, held Tuttle to, to 20 points and uh, the score ended up being 16 to 20. Um, but, you know, for um, that year, explaining to the girls that it's going to have to be done on defense. We're going to have to win with defense, you know, um, no matter who we play, we've, we've got to be able to play defense. So, um, you know, getting, getting back to the state tournament um, was huge for us. We end up seeing Ida Bell in the finals. And of course, you know, they have the six, six girl and um, trying to stop her and figure out how to stop her, you know, again, relied, you know, um, you know, on defense, that's something that we can control. And uh, we're going to do the things that we can control for sure. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Idabel game because I want to talk specifically about that game. Um, at the very beginning, Idabel comes out and just gets off to a great start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, um, <laughs> I don't know if it was the timeout, maybe end of quarter. Not, I can't remember exactly. And I would love for you to fill in the blanks for me. But yeah. Um, you you were able to kind of turn things around and then never look back. How yeah. 
what adjustment was made? How were you guys able to do that? Just simply calming the kids down? Kind of talk me through that. Well, we get down 14 to 2. Um, or I should say two to 14. We are definitely, yeah, we are, we, we've got two points and I look up and I think, Oh my, my heavens, this is, this is not the way we're going out. So, uh, we call a timeout. Uh, we make some adjustments. Uh, we go to a full court, uh, scramble press trying to cause some chaos. Uh, we end up getting, getting them to turn the basketball over. Um, we kind of picked on some of their weaknesses, find, uh, you know, find that a few of the girl, a couple of the girls just cannot handle the ball with their left hand and make them have to do that in the full court. And, um, you know, make we, you know, we want to make Mary Carden run up and down the floor. She does, does not like that at all. So, um, you know, so we, we uh, put, turn the pressure on and the girls just really uh, step up and it was done defensive. You know, we created offense uh, because of our defense, you know, and, um, and again, that that doesn't just happen in the state tournament game. That is, you know, that is us being rewarded for us us um, focusing on that and uh, stressing that and emphasizing that from day one of practice. You know, and and even though we've took took some losses and things like that, we learned from those losses and and learned um, that you know winning is going to come from that and winning is going to come from from defense and and um you know being disciplined in that and um uh so yeah so yeah they didn't they didn't turn back you know the year before kind of the same thing happened with Roland uh when we see them in the finals and um you know we kind of just kind of took control of the game and and um got got going early got got up you know pretty quick and then um you know winning games like that was that was that was fun and then this year you know <laughs> it was a different different thing i'm like remember when we won by a lot of points the year before that was fun but um uh anyway so um defense 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 so the the turnaround was almost immediate um did that did those uh adjustments were they made in a timeout or were they in between quarters no that was a timeout that was when we we were we got down 14 to 2 and um, knew we had to do something quick or it was going to get ugly you know and so we make the the adjustment to to run our full court uh scramble press and and uh, try to turn them over okay so <laughs> now we're going to skip ahead and and talk about this past season uh, you can give us um, a breakdown of the season, but you play Bethel in the semifinal round, um, who you've who you've had battles with uh, in years previous, and then you you move on and play a, a young Washington team and yeah. and and are able to beat them for your for your third state championship. If you don't mind taking us through a little bit about that. <clears throat> well, this year, you know, we 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 have everyone back this year, you know, so. Um, you know, we have the same exact team. We we had beat Idabel the year before. I didn't lose. I didn't have a senior on that team. We were literally getting the same team back. Um, first rankings come out, and um, you know we're we're uh, ranked three, I think. Um, you know, first rankings, and I'm thinking, how does how does that work? You know, and so we really use it as a motivation um, with our girls. Um, just, you know, this is all, every single one of you are back, you know, this is kind of what, how other coaches and, and, and teams are, are thinking of you, you know, and is that, is, are you okay with that? You know? And so we're always looking for little things like that to motivate us. And, and, um, the, the, the number three became a, a big motivator. One, it started with us, uh, starting the season off rank third, uh, and then, uh, you know, the next thing is obviously, you know, we're going for a third state championship. So this, this number three kept kind of appearing, uh, throughout the year, which was, which was kind of funny, but, um, um, you know, um, but it ended up being our hardest year. Um, you know, girls had been, this was their fourth year of, of playing in our program. Um, you know, and it goes along with coaching high school girls and you've got friendships and relationships and, you know, all of those things that go along with, um, with coaching and, and coaching teenage girls. And so we're, you know, kind of battling our, we had some, you know, a few new people come on the team and how we were trying to, 
you know, anybody who's coached in high school knows that, you know, that goes along with it. I felt like more this year, I was a counselor, a psychologist, um, and all of the above, uh, with this, this last year's team. Um, but I'm very proud of the way the girls responded. You know, we go out and we go, we go to the Arkansas tournament of champions right out of the gate. And our first we our first game is a loss. You know, we played Bergman, who was the three A state champ from Arkansas, first first round, and we just we just choke it up. I mean, we play terrible, and of course, you know when when you lose, you know we hadn't lost in a while, but when you lose, that brings out you know everything. So we're we're in Arkansas, and we're literally having counseling sessions with, you know literally every single player on the team and our new coach, coach Gunter, you know, who is a male, you know, he's looking at me and has never coached girls basketball, you know, was looking at me like, what in the world is going on? What is happening? And I'm like, welcome to girls basketball. This is, you know, here we are, but, uh, but it's good, the good, the bad, the ugly, but, um, uh, uh, they really, you know, we, we continued to face, adversities you know all year long it wasn't easy you know we had a target on our back people wanted to beat jones and you know um deservedly so you know i mean uh, we had won the last two state champions and people were tired of it you know people wanted to to beat the the state champion uh, before so every game we went to we were getting teams best games you know i mean by far and um and I just kept telling the girls, like, you know, we're going to have to figure it out. We're going to get everybody's best. Everybody wants to beat you. Everybody wants to see you fail, you know. Um, and so uh, we just kind of kept pushing and, and kept, you know, the mentality of, you know, again, just be the best we can be today. Uh, we pride ourselves. I haven't talked a lot about performance course um, yet, but we, um, you know, we, we do a strength and agility program all year round. Uh, we stop, as a matter of fact, we stop in the middle of practice and go do our our strength uh, training and then finish up our practice after we do that. And that's just for in preparation of how do we play, how can we play when we're tired. And um, I think that really, really helps us um, uh, in just the mental aspect uh, part of playing. But um, um you know, we don't even win our conference this past year. You know, we, we actually come in third in our conference behind because we had lost to Tecumseh, and then we turn around, we lost to Bethel um, just right before playoffs <clears throat> and lose uh, lose uh, to Bethel um, by three, I believe. So, um, you know, the girls are, you know, kind of doubting themselves and, uh, you know, like what kind of what's going on. And, and I just told them just keep, keep pushing, keep um, you know, doing what we do, let's be consistent and, you know, um, don't worry about tomorrow. Let's just worry about today, you know, and, and that was our focus and, um, just trying to be better every, every single day. So, uh, we end up making the state tournament. We have a really good playoff run. We, we lose to Bethel and, um, you know, we, um, we go into the tournament. Let's see, what were we, we were not one. I, Oh, we're three. We end up, we, again, there's that number three. We end up what? seated three again, going into the state tournament. <clears throat> and so, um, uh, we end up getting a tough area. I mean, a, a super tough area, um, uh, with Kiefer and Morris and Millwood, um, you know, all in the Adair was in that area, you know, it was the toughest area I thought by far, but, um, um, we end up, and so we draw, uh, Ida Bell ends up losing in the area tournament. So that kind of, anyway, so we end up playing Ida Bell again, first round, uh, this, uh, this time and, um, uh, end up beating them. And then we see Bethel again, uh, in the semis. Coach Satterfield is one of my very best friends. And so, um, you know, we would, we would have loved it if we would have seen each other in the finals. We were hoping for that. Um, just, just because, you know, at least we both knew we would have got to the finals and, and uh, you know, one would have got a gold ball, one would have got a silver ball. But, um, you know, unfortunately, we met in the semifinals and, and we just, Boston Berry just has a game of, of her life, you know, and um, learns. We talked about the year before how she had to learn to, to score and, and take over games and be a little selfish and 
uh, I think she ended up with 28 in that game against Bethel and just hit some massive monster shots in that game. And um, again, defensively um, played well. And I think we ended up winning by 11, but um, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a really good game. I was, I was actually at that game and it was almost like her and uh, Josie McGee were going back and forth with trading buckets. It was, it was quite, uh, something to watch. I mean, it was incredible. Um, oh yeah. Josie and- took over that game for sure. Um, she's an incredible player. I mean, credit to her. I mean, she, and she didn't have her points in the first half, but she, the second half, she decided she was going to take over for sure. And, um, it really had a finals feel to that game and, and, and Bethel and, and Jones have, have, uh, you know, we, we have a, a pretty good rivalry going now and it's, it's fun for Tara and I, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it up to a certain point and then, and then she's done, you know, <laughs> then we're not talking about it, but, and we, uh, we don't talk to each other. Uh, we kind of have an unspoken rule, but we, we don't, we don't talk to each other uh, the, the week of for sure. And, and uh, besides that, we're talking to each other all the time, but, but week of um, week of a game day, we are, we are definitely not talking and state if we're both in the state tournament, we we're we're not talking. We're we're trying to get uh, dirt on each other from from other coaches. That's for sure. Sure, sure. That's the name of the game, right? Um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're able to win your third state championship. Um, and so uh, just an incredible run uh, the last three years. And and I know you're not done. Um, but I I've noticed when I've seen you guys play, there's an acronym on a lot of your shirts and and hats. And I'm just curious as to what it is. It's if I'm not mistaken, it's T-T-H-L. Is that correct? It is. That is correct. Yes. Okay. What What can you tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> so uh, we are the Longhorns. And so that, that stands for turn those horns loose. And so uh, every time we break out, every time we do anything, it's just turn those horns loose, loose, um, you know, play um, with no reserve and just, you know, just no abandon, just let it go. So is that is that just specific to the girls basketball program, or is that kind um, of a school? Yeah, program? no, that's that's a whole school thing. Um, okay. So our previous athletic director used to coach at Cedar Hill in Texas, and they were the Longhorns, a big program uh, down there. And so when he came, he's a Jones guy. So when he came back to Jones uh, to coach at Jones, he was our, our football coach as well. He brought that mantra. He he took that from Cedar Hill and and brought the mantra TTHL uh, to Jones. Well, that's that's really cool to have something that the community and 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 every program can rally around. I I just was curious after seeing it. I didn't know what it stood for, but that's really cool. Right. Um, well, thank you. Well, Coach, you've been more than gracious with your time. Um, unless you have anything else you you want to just leave us with, I mean, you've just given us almost an hour worth of of wisdom, if not even more. So, um, is there anything you want to say before we get off of here? Um, no, I, th- I thank you for, for inviting me on the podcast. Um, I, um, you know, it's, for me, it's a privilege to, to be able to coach these girls. And, and I've heard on a couple of other, other uh, podcasts of yours, you know, just, just coaches emphasizing that it truly is. Um, if I were to coach these state championship teams and none of these girls came back to visit me or none of these girls invited me to their wedding, or their baby showers, or, you know, kept me updated with their lives, for me, I would have lost, you know, that's a loss for me. Um, It's about creating relationships that last in these girls' lives, you know, for one of these players to go on a podcast, uh, you know, in 20 years, and and maybe mention the fact, you know, that uh, I had made a difference in their life. To me, you know, that's a win. And on top of that, I told the girls at our our, uh, banquet, you know, if, this gold ball is the most you've ever, the epitome, you know, the, the pinnacle of your, um, you know, career. If this is the best thing that you ever do, then I have failed. You know, I want all of the lessons and things that we have taught these girls and the life lessons and all the things that go along with sport and being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. Um, I hope that they can take those lessons and, you know, go on and do bigger and better things that, and that they're just not the athlete that's just, you know, I was a state champion. I was, and that's all they talk about. You know, I want them to go on and take those, those lessons learned and, and build on it, you know? And so, um, 
winning the gold balls. It, yes, it's absolutely uh, fun and nice. And, and, you know, you, you work towards that. You want to be the best. You want your teams to be that. But um, for me, there's so much more than that. And, you know, sitting at my sister's funeral last week, you know, you see that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter here on earth, you know, those things that's not go. That's not going to go with me when I die, you know, um, I want people to be at my funeral, um, you know, because of the relationships that I have had with them and, and, um, impact maybe that maybe I made in their lives or, uh, maybe their lives changed for, for whatever. So, um, you know, putting it all in perspective. So that's, that's very, very important to me. Well, that's incredible. And I could not agree more. And, and I don't think there's any other way, better way to put it. So, um, just thank you so much for being willing to come on here and, and you've just been, uh, incredible with your time. So thank you so much. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you again for listening to another episode of they call me coach. Be on the lookout as we release a new episode every Tuesday. Please remember to like our They Call Me Coach podcast page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook for updates on new episodes.